Good morning. Nice to see you uh, here uh, today. As I was uh, greeting folks uh, before the service started there, I, I talked to a few people that, that said they'd just been coming the last few weeks. And, uh, you know, it just really is exciting to, to meet you as you come and as you come back. And finally we connect, and that's a good thing. And we want you to know that uh, we're all here today to do what? To fall in love with Jesus, right? And to hope others to do the same. I'm really excited about today's message because we're looking at the book of Jonah. I was so excited when we laid out the, the schedule for this and, and that, that I was going to be preaching on Jonah because I love the story of Jonah, don't you? It's a great what? It's a great fish story, right? Don't you like a fish, good fish story? You know, I, I heard about three guys who were out fishing one day uh, in a boat. It was Bob and Frank and Bill. And all of a sudden, a funeral procession passed uh, near where they were at, fishing in the boat. And um, they said uh, Bob stood up and took his hat off and put it over his heart. And his other two friends said, oh, my goodness, we didn't realize that you were that sentimental. That's so nice of you doing that. He said, that was the least I could do. I was married to her for 40 years. <laughs> you know, some things just don't interrupt your, um, your, uh, your fishing, right? I used to tell my girls They'd say, how many fish did you catch? I said, listen, I didn't go fishing. I went catching, right? You don't go fishing. You go catching. It's always a, a great time. I talked to a guy the other day, and he told me that he keeps up with every fish that he catches. He writes it down, writes it down where he was fishing, what he was fishing with, and how many he caught. He was telling me, he said, last year he documented uh, uh, 1,300 fish uh, in, uh, that he had caught. And it was like, you know, how, how big was the biggest one? And he said, oh, about that long. About that long. Right? Everybody loves a good fish story. Did you ever hear the story about the little girl that went to school after stuttering Jonah in Sunday school? And she said to her teacher, said, yeah, my Sunday school teacher taught me that Jonah was swallowed by a great fish, a big fish. And the teacher said, sweetheart, that didn't happen. And the little girl said, yes, it did. It did happen. And the teacher said, well, I just don't believe uh, that, that a fish could swallow a man and a man could live inside a fish for three days. And the little girl said, well, I'll tell you what, when I get to heaven, I'll ask him. And the teacher said, well, what if he's not there? And then the little girl said, well, then you ask him. <laughs> you know, I love the story of Jonah, and I'm sure you do too. You know, it starts out this way in Jonah 1. It says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittiah. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed toward Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish 
to flee from the Lord. Now, I think that you are familiar with the rest of that story, and, and you, can, you can read it there. You know, really, but what, what happens is that God, God tells Jonah to do something, and he doesn't do it. You ever done that? You ever felt like that you heard from the Lord? That the Spirit of God was prompting you to do something, and you don't do it? Then you have something in common with Jonah. Now think about it was, he wanted Jonah to go tell a whole group of people, a whole nation as it were, about God. And Jonah seemed to think in his mind that, that those people didn't deserve that. And he didn't want to do that. So he did, he did the exact opposite. He went down to the, to the port and he got on a ship. And if you read the rest of the story there, the, the boat gets out in the water, the ship gets out in the water, and this great storm comes up. And everybody that's on the boat is, um, is perplexed and worried that they're all going to die. So they ask, they say, you know, what is, what is this and what is the cause of this? And if you read it, Jonah simply says, listen, guys, if you want this storm to stop, throw me overboard. That's what it says. Throw me overboard because this has come upon you because of my disobedience to the Lord. Now, it's interesting because initially they don't do that. But the storm gets worse. The storm doesn't subside. So they think, well, okay, and they throw him overboard. And what happens? What happens is exactly what Jonah said would happen. But those guys weren't aware of the rest of the story of the great fish that took Jonah and put him in the place that God wanted him to be. And what happens? The people of uh, the city repent. There is so much from this story that we could learn. I want to give you just a few, four really, four very quickly. Truths and lessons that you and I can take from this story. Number one, God's love is for everyone. It's amazing to me how many times, you know, we get to the New Testament and we read about, we read about Peter and taking the message to the Gentiles and the, the Jerusalem council and all of that. But the, but the love of God for all people expands the entirety of time. I mean, in the Old Testament, God was doing something totally different in preparing a nation to bring about the birth of the Savior. But God's love was active towards everyone. And he says to Jonah here, go and preach. Preach the goodness of God to these people. Go and preach judgment. Tell them that their life is not what it needs to be. God's love is for everyone. The second lesson I think that we can learn from this is that we can't hide from God. You ever tried to do that? You ever tried to hide from God? The Bible is very plain. It says that we can go to the highest heights. We can go to the depths of the sea. We can surround ourselves with anything, but nothing can insulate us from the, from the sight of our God, of our Lord, and of our of our maker. I used to, not used to, I still do it. I love to play hide and seek with my grandkids. You know, and I'll go, I'll go hide. And I remember the one time that I, I actually hid in the shower. I pulled the curtain 
And I let those, I let Jack actually, he went all over the, all over the house looking, looking for me. And finally I heard him in the bathroom and I made a little noise so that he could hear me. And he came over and he, he pulled the curtain back. And when he saw me and I jumped out, he just kind of fell onto the ground and he's laughing and carrying on because he finally, he finally had found me. Listen, God doesn't have to look for you at all. He knows exactly where you are. He knows where your mind is. He knows where your heart is. He knows where you are uh, in your, with your body. He knows everything about you. There's no, the Bible says that God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. There's nothing outside his knowledge, but yet we try to hide. We try to hide in, 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 in drugs and alcohol. We try to hide in, in unhealthy relationships. We try to hide when we just walk away from the church and we, uh, we lose sight of the family of God. We try to hide in, the, in our work uh, and so that people won't know exactly who we are and how passionate we should be and want to be for God. We just try to, we try to go under the radar. But let me tell you something, folks. You're no Chinese balloon. God sees you and he knows you and Jonah even though he ran away from God he did the exact opposite that God wanted him to do God knew where he was God knew what ship he was on and here's the third thing that's kind of amazing if we decide to obey to disobey God God's judgment will come I mean doesn't the story of Jonah teach us that you know, so many times we, we, we look at it today and we think, you know what? If I want to disobey God, God lets me disobey him. I can walk away from him. I mean, you look at the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son asked his father for his inheritance. The father gave him his inheritance. He went to the far country and he lost it all. He's, he was eating. Can you imagine that the, that the, that the prodigal son got the, got the slop for the pigs and then he would pick out a few things for himself before he would feed the pigs. That was where he got to. And I submit to you that, that his, his life that was destroyed was in some way the judgment of God. And God will do that for us. He will teach us difficult and hard lessons. He did Jonah. But then here's the fourth thing. God's always ready to give us another chance. Isn't that awesome? Jonah said, no, God, I'm not going to do what you're going to do. You want me to do, I'm going to do the exact opposite. God's judgment came, swallowed by the great fish, you know, taken to the very place that God wanted him to be. And really, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that the great fish just kind of, just kind of belched him up onto the seashore. Can you imagine, can you imagine the guy that witnessed that? You know, you're sitting there, maybe you're surf fishing. Maybe you're laying in your lounge chair and you got oil, you know, and you're just sunning, getting a little, getting a little sun, little vitamins. And all of a sudden you see this, uh, this fish just kind of come up on the shore and just belts this guy up and this guy spills out of this great fish's mouth and he stands up and he's probably got seaweed hanging all over him. You know, can you imagine the gases and everything inside of the stomach of that great fish? And here he is and he says, I want to tell you about the Lord. 
But then God blessed that obedience. Even, even though it was difficult for Jonah to get to the place of obedience, God blessed his obedience. And the very thing that God desired, the repentance of a city, of a whole group of people, came. And, and, and although Jonah started out not thinking these people deserved the message of the love of God, they ended up repenting. And this whole story changed Jonah in an amazing way. And it's not just a fish story. It's a story for me and you. Because you know what? As I think about this, uh, this story and how it applies to your life and my life, I wonder about how this, uh, this idea of obedience to God and what it looks like for me and you. Let me, let me share you just a couple. Let me share with you just two, two things that I think this, this passage and this story and the lessons learned there can apply to me and you. The first one comes from the, for the, from the final words of Jesus before he ascended to the Father. When he said to his disciples that all authority has been given to me, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You know what I think? I think that is our Jonah verse. Our Jonah verse. We should live in this Jonah verse because the very, the very heart that spoke to Jonah and said go and speak the word of God is, this is our verse today. And just as he told the Jonah to go to Nineveh and, and preach repentance, he's telling us to do that same thing. He's telling us to go. But here's the thing. Now that Jesus has come, it's not just people down the road, but it's people all around the world. Go and make disciples. I think that's, what, that's one of the beautiful things of, of talking to Abel here this morning and what he's doing. You know, I don't know if you saw some of the posts that the Tuggies put on uh, on, their, on their way over to, to Thailand. Now God is using them. It's incredible, folks. And God wants us to make sure that we understand that our mandate is the same mandate that he gave to Jonah to go and to preach the gospel, to baptize them and uh, teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Here's the key of that verse. We are to make disciples. What is a disciple? A disciple is a learner of Jesus. As a disciple is somebody that responds to situations in life the way they saw Jesus respond to situations in life. If you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, you treat people like Jesus Christ did. You have faith and love like he did. And you understand that, you know what, if we fail in this mandate, in this commission, guess what? We, we may have judgment come upon us to help to to help to nudge us and to place us into the place that God wants us to place. Yes, folks, you are a missionary. And your job and my job is to make disciples of all, of all nations. But you know what, folks? There's something else. 
Because you know what? I, I look at that as the, as the macro mission. The, ma- the big mission for God gives us is to go into all the world to make disciples. But you know what? There's a macro mission too. Yesterday in our elders meeting, uh, we met and our, our chairman, Eric Cagle, uh, he was up here praying. Uh, he, he, he shared a verse with all of us before we started our meeting. And after he shared this verse, I, I went home and I modified my message today because I want to I close with this thought. You know, we, have the, we have the macro mission, but we have a micro mission, a small thing. God's love is for everyone. We can't hide from God. And if we disobey God, God's judgment will come upon us. But God always gives us another chance. We learn that from Jonah. But take this word to heart. It comes from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. He says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Wow. What a powerful passage from God's Word. The big mission of the church, our big mission, is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And you know what? We participate in that. But isn't it so easy to fail in your micro-mission? How you treat somebody beside you? How you talk to someone on the street? How it's so easy to participate in really nothing more than gossip? How we allow, how we allow the devil to tear us up by this, by this micro thing that sometimes we get so wrong. So I want to say to you today that accept this as your mission from God. Let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Boy, that's so full. He even describes it for us. Is it helpful? Is it helpful for building people up? Or is it helpful in tearing people down? Is it helpful in in meeting the needs that they have? And then this one, look at the last part of this verse. I think it's, it's one of the most critical parts of it. He says that it may benefit those who listen. You know, one guy that I've loved for years, great preacher, Fred Craddock, he wrote a book a long time ago called Overhearing the Gospel. And it was all about not what we say, not what we proclaim, but what people hear and what people see and what people experience as we live out our faith. You know, it's easy to pat Abel on the back and send him out in the world. It's easy to give a check to Beth and uh, Harold and send them out into the world. It's easy to think that because we give 14% of all the money that we take in here at church out to missions, that's all a wonderful thing. But do we understand that God gives us all the mandate to make disciples of all nations? And it just doesn't mean the nations outside your own, but it means your neighbors and your friends and your family and everyone that you come in contact with. And then take it down even smaller to that macro mission and say, God, let me, let me understand that no unwholesome talk 
should ever come out of my mouth. But only what's helpful for building people up and the needs that they have. And God, help me, help me be resonant. Help me be aware of the people that are overhearing what my life says about my relationship with you. You know, Jonah was a changed man, wasn't he? It's amazing when you read about, about Jonah in the beginning, and then Jonah after he goes through all that he goes through, and what God does with him. It's an amazing, amazing thing. Listen, folks, God doesn't want us just to have a fish story. You know, the biggest fish that I've ever encountered are the ones that I almost caught. Right? You get something online and, and it gets off. You say, oh my goodness, I got a glimpse of that one. That one was huge. The biggest fish I've ever encountered are the ones that I've not caught. Well, let me tell you something, folks. We all got something on the line this morning. And we need to pull it in. What is it that we have on the line? We have this understanding that God is giving us something to do. And you know what? It's to show the world that God loves them all. That God desires uh, repentance and confession and salvation for them all. Are they all going to accept it? No. But you know, our job is to take the story and take the word to them. And the Bible says that if we lift Jesus up, he will draw all men to him. Listen, folks, you can't hide from God. If you're disobeying God and if you're running away from God and you think that he doesn't know or we don't know or anybody else, you're not running. You can't hide from God. He knows exactly where you are and he knows what he wants you to be. He knows where you are and he knows where you ought to be. And you know what? If we decide to disobey, God's judgment will come. Just like the little boy when he goes in and his mother says, listen, son, don't, don't, don't put a fork inside that uh, that outlet. <laughs> right? Judgment's going to come when we make decisions that are contrary to God's will for us. But we always know that God is ready to give us another, another chance. So let's take these two verses, going into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples. And do not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouth. Our, our macro mission and our, our, our macro mission and our, our, our big mission and our small mission. Because you know what? When we understand that, that's when we can understand the true greatness of God. You've got something on the line. Reel it in and make that obedience a part of your life to him. Let's pray. Father, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, Lord, we give ourselves totally to you. Father, we recognize uh, who you are, the great God that you are. God, we understand the, the, the ways that you, you tell us to live and where you tell us to go and what you tell us to do. And so many times, Lord, we just go the opposite way. We do a different thing. We do our own thing. We ignore what you say. And God, sometimes we experience uh, judgment because of that. And Lord, we welcome that time of correction. We welcome those times of suffering.
And may they teach us, Lord, to stay within your will. Father, may we also know that we can always have another chance. Lord, you, you are the God of second chances. So, Father, may we, all the days of our lives, hold on to those last words that you spoke to the disciples before you went back to your Father, that you wanted us to go into all the world. Lord, that's our commission. That's what you want us to do. You want us to make disciples. You want us to teach people to do life and to live life like Jesus did. But then, Lord, you want us to take that all the way, all the way down to the very center of our souls. To where, Lord, we don't even let unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. That we do things that build people up and not tear them down according to their needs so that it may benefit those who listen. God, when people listen to our character that speaks and the way that we act and treat other people, I pray, Lord, that they would see Jesus. I pray, Lord, that everybody in this room this morning would would accept that and confess that and just say in their heart and in their minds and in their prayers, God, I want to treat people like Jesus treated people. Lord, I don't want to ignore evil. I don't want to ignore disobedience. I don't want to ignore anything that shows us, Lord, that we're not following your will. But God, may we know that you are a God who will bring judgment on us just to get us back on the right path. Lord, we pray that we would accept that and that we could be in a better place because of that. So God, help us to see our macro and micro mission today. Just accept, Lord, your spirit as you strive to lead us into the ways that you would have us to go. We pray these things in Jesus' holy name.